Right. Here we go. You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. This episode of Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast is brought to you by... Is that right? Mike Bloomberg? <laughs> I'm Mike Bloomberg, and I approve this message. Yeah, hmm. uh, yeah. Oh, looks like our patient account all of a sudden has $2,500 in it. <laughs> nice. And, uh, well, contractually, we're now a staff of his deputy digital organizers. <laughs> These are the people he pays to tweet nice things about him and make memes and things. So hey, that's us now, guys. Why not? I'm in. What do you think about Mike Bloomberg? Um, he, what? We like Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Get out and vote in the primaries if your state hasn't done it yet. And remember, Bloomberg 2020, because billionaires <laughs> know what's best for us. It's worked so far. <laughs> hey, everybody. My name is Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. We don't really have advertising. We wouldn't take money from billionaires. We're rebels. But if they wanted to be gold level, they're welcome. Hmm. <laughs> 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 Okay. So, what are we doing? I don't know. That was all I. That was, yeah, that my was all entire we, focus of this week. <laughs> cool. It's <laughs> all we planned. How can you read this? There's no pictures. Well, some people use their imagination. Well, I must hurry back to my comic book store where I dispense the insults rather than absorb them. It happens all the time. Read a comic book, okay? <laughs> Comic books. You talk about something we haven't done for a while. Yeah. Woo. It's been a stretch. All right, sit back, everybody. It's going to be about three hours of comic book talk. <laughs> we got to get That's what out. everybody comes for. <laughs> well, there hasn't been a ton of news. You know, around the holidays, the books slow down a little bit. The news slows down a little bit. Like, there's no conventions going on or news breaks, but that's changed. With the, the weekend we're recording now, C2E2 is happening, so we're going to get a whole bunch of new information releases. There was just a big retailer meeting, the Comics Pro meeting, so there's a bunch of new stuff coming out. No news bigger than Dan Didio fired from DC <laughs> Comics. Fired? Fired. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I don't know what's going on uh, yeah. there. Yeah, I'd, well, let me tell you. <laughs> Please, because I, I really don't know and I'm interested. I read a lot of stuff about it and I still am not sure what's happening. So he was the co-publisher with Jim Lee, who, and let me just preface this, no one knows what's happening. So mm. I, I'm trying yeah. to aggregate what everyone thinks happened or is happening. I don't think Jim Lee even knew what was happening. <laughs> But it says, as of whatever date this is, he's the sole publisher, and Bob Harris remains as the editor-in-chief. So there wasn't any shake-up to the rest of the high brass, but there's been several people who have left, some editors, there's been some changes, so who knows. Um, if you don't know who the guy is, he's really kind of the, the public face of the company. If you if you heard news coming out, you know he was at the convention, out on a panel, trying to hype stuff. He went to all the retailer meetings. He did interviews with you know with YouTubers and Sci-Fi Channel and and podcasters. I'm sure he wrote columns. Did the DC Nation column yeah. that uh, hyped all the upcoming stuff. So you know he was you know I'm sure he had behind the scenes stuff he was doing, but mainly he was the guy out there cheering for comics. And he's always been known as a fan. He was. He was he grew up a comics fan. You know, he wasn't just a suit. He was he love him or hate him, it, he always seemed to put the comics first. Um but he was also a very noted micromanager who wanted things done his way in a very particular sort of way. Um so the the uh, he just it, it happened, the news broke. I think even like Bleeding Cool may have broken the news first, the the rumor site. And then everyone else had to kind of confirm it. Nobody had any quotes. He hasn't said anything publicly except one post on his Facebook page 
that was just like, wow, where is the time gone? Like it was very vague. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't negative, but it also, I don't know, it didn't. It really explain much. Um. So the belief is it was all the big changes that were going on, the micromanaging. Uh, he had to keep reassigning things, uh, reassigning jobs, having writers rewrite scripts and artists redraw pages. And uh, I think the company line was he was creating a hostile work environment, quote unquote. Hmm. What do you mean he, he was having to do that? Like what they didn't like? He was his choice and he didn't. they didn't like that he was they were well, having to do that or what? Well, there's, well, okay. uh, there's a big event on the horizon known as 5G. Is the kind of the working title? Mm. We've been waiting for five G. Work right. good for a while. Yeah. So, all right. So he he got a start in 1981 in television. He was a freelance writer, story editor for Mainframe Entertainment. He worked on a bunch of different stuff and a lot of cartoons, actually, like Reboot and War Planets. I don't I don't remember that one, but Mm-mm. he apparently helped bring War Planets into the world. Uh, joined DC in January of 2002 as vice president of editorial and also did some script writing. And he, he has a story. The Metal Men script he's doing now is still on. It hasn't finished yet. Like, he is <laughs> still, even as this high position, he was still out there writing comics occasionally. Uh, started with Superboy. I said Metal Men, The Outsiders, OMAC. I mean, not a prolific writer, but he always kind of had something. He had a soft spot for the, uh, the the D-list characters and some of the Silver Age stuff. So in October of 2004, he was promoted to vice president of uh, executive editor, just to step up. And then in 2010, named co-publisher with Jim Lee. So February 2010, he's named co-publisher. February of 2020, he's fired. So he's been co-head honcho for 10 years but he's really had his hand in things since 02 and since 02 I'm just going to read the big ones but this is kind of known as the event era of DC Comics Identity Crisis came out soon after he came Ooh, there heard of it. Infinite Crisis mm-hmm. 52 mm-hmm. Countdown Final Crisis Blackest Night Flashpoint then the new 52 the complete reboot yeah uh, Forever Evil, Future's End, Convergence, Rebirth, a whole another <laughs> complete reboot, <laughs> right. Dark Knight's Metal, Doomsday Clock, Heroes in Crisis, Year of the Villain. And those are just like the company-wide yeah. events. Story There's line. a whole Doomsday War, or, mm-hmm. I mean Dark Side War, and all. there's a million other events. But these, so that seemed to be... Again, love them or hate them, this this was that that yeah. era. And and there's, I mean, as a fan, there's some good stuff right there that you just named off. There's quite a few there that I really liked and enjoyed. Yeah. So, but there's also stuff people didn't like. And yeah. he took these big risks with these big stories. And sometimes it paid off, sometimes it yeah. didn't. And what was the refrain in every comment section? Fire Didio. He did something mm-hmm. I don't like. He got rid of Wally West, my favorite character. Ooh, he sucks. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of known for, and when... The, a bunch of comicers kind of like he died or something. They were out like eulogizing. <laughs> they, it was a very somber couple days on you know Twitter and Facebook and things. And they're like, you know, I, I messed up and Dan took the blame. Or, you know, Dan went out and took all the bullets and all the heat from the fans when this didn't work. So yeah. he, he was, again, being the face of the company, you've also got to be the heel sometimes. So he would go out and say, hey, I messed up and I didn't, you know, I, I could have done this better. So... Again, fans have been calling for him to be fired forever just because they didn't like X, Y, and right. Z. Whoever's in there is going yeah. to always be getting that. And there had been rumors forever. Oh, this didn't go so well. Dan's going to get fired. And just, every couple years, it would the rumors would go around. Dan's going to get fired. Well, oh, now he actually is. And the, uh, the thing they're leading to is this uh, Generation 5 and again, no one quite knows what it is. There's been some more things leaked recently. It is going to lead to a new official DC timeline that includes the entire history. So okay. this is what New 52 tried to undo, make mm-hmm. entire DC history was just five years long. And everything happened, or maybe it didn't. If, if you didn't like it, it didn't yeah. happen. Yeah. And we squeezed the timeline together. Rebirth said, well, maybe more stuff than that actually happened. And the classic stuff you like did happen. This is saying everything happened. So I saw somebody describe it as ultimate hyper time. So it's a <laughs> little bit of Marvel's ultimate universe and a little bit of the DC hyper time, if you know what that means. 
if you don't no, explain it in detail. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, but that was a way again to bring in all the non-canon stories, like the silly stories from the fifties and things. That's hyper time. That explains it. Okay, it was a, a story shortcut. So this generation five, uh, it started. It's already come out. Uh, Wonder Woman seven fifty. There's a short story. She is Generation 1. Now, in DC continuity, Wonder Woman was the first hero mm. who showed up around World War One, And that'll be the kind of Golden Age heroes. Generation 2 starts with the first appearance of Superman and all the Silver Age stuff up until the 80s. Generation 3 is from Crisis on Infinite Earths in 1986 to Flashpoint in 2011. Generation 4 is the current continuity, so all the Rebirth era stuff. And Generation 5, we don't know what it is, but this is where all the rumors were coming from of, oh, they're replacing Batman, they're getting a new this, new Mm -hmm. that. So as far as the things that have been hinted at, uh, Lucius Fox's son Luke is going to take over as Batman. Jonathan Kent, his son, is going to be the new Superman. There's going to be a new Wonder Woman, a new Green Lantern, either... Teen Lantern from Young Justice, yeah, or the the woman from the Far Sector miniseries that has come out, uh, Joe Sojourner, I think her name is, a uh, uh, African American woman, uh, and Boomer, uh, Captain Boomerang's son is going to be the new Flash, <laughs> apparently. Huh. So this is sort of okay, people, Boomerang. Yeah, people. Write <laughs> <laughs> so that down. <laughs> when this when this news starts leaking out, people freak out because. Yeah. Marvel did a similar thing not too long ago, replacing Wolverine with X-23, replacing Thor with Jane Foster, replacing Captain America with Sam Wilson, and it didn't go over so hot. Right. For reasons good or bad, people didn't take to it, we'll say it kindly. And people are saying, what, you're going to ruin DC just like Marvel ruined themselves. So that's the theory, the fan theory, because the fans didn't like this idea. Yeah. Now the difference is with DC, it's the characters are more legacy characters than Marvel has been. I think, you know, we have generations of Green Lanterns and Flashes and and all of that. You know, we've had several Batman Batman before. So we've had a lot. We've had some Spider Men. Yeah. You know, I I just think it's always going to come down to. Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent, and it always it always has, yeah, definitely. And I mean, probably you're still going to run be... into that same stuff versus Steve Rogers, you know. But yeah, we still don't know. Is that are they trying to do like the '90s when oh, John Powell Valley is Superman? Mm-hmm. And we broke or it's yeah. Batman. We broke Superman's back. Is it going to be a line wide thing, or is it more like the Ultimate World, where it's a whole separate thing? You still have your heroes. Again, we don't we don't know what we're mad at yet, but we sure we're sure are mad I, at something. I, I would. <laughs> I mean, I guess I would hope it was the second thing. Uh, then you get both. People can have what they want. So that seems to be the idea that everything happened. We're not replacing anyone. You know, in some continuity, Batman is still Batman. But again, that's why Didio was fired. The prevailing theory was okay. This idea is getting so much pushback. Warner Brothers and their new parent company, AT and T, are getting mm-hmm. cold feet, and they don't want to lose money on this. So information was leaking and uh, things were being shown at comic cons and uh, uh, the plans were getting more locked in. It wasn't a theory anymore. It was a, this is happening. Here's the date it's happening. And so Didio started freaking out and cracking down and micromanaging (laughs) and getting really hands on. And And that's what turned everybody away. That does bother me because every product I've ever had that has been taken over by... AT&T has one down it. Like it's, they have forced me into a situation where I had to find an alternative because it was, it just something happened uh, that was negative. Hmm. So then theory two comes out saying, no, it's the exact opposite of that. That Warner brothers is so serious about 5g because they want new intellectual property. They want new characters and they look at it like movies well, if the actors get too old, just replace the actors. We'll just put new people in there. And they might be looking at it as, oh, these comic characters are stale. Let's get the new characters. Not understanding, maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> fandom. And that Didio was kind of dragging his feet and taking too long. 
So I have literally heard both theories that 5G is the reason, but it's because it was either going too fast or going too slow. It's doing it right, doing it wrong. Again, we may never know till the the you know the books are written decades from now. But hmm. uh, like I said the from 2002 to today, his 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 era is as important as any in in comic history, and he oversaw quite a swath of storylines and important events. So he will be uh, have a quite a shadow to <laughs> to cast over the next few years. I'm sure. So yeah. they replace him with anybody or? Uh, Jim Lee is. I mean, they were co-publishers, but I, again, I don't. But see, what did Jim Lee? Do? Yeah, I don't see that Jim Lee was the pencil pusher, like yeah. doing all the. He was just that was in his contract. Yeah, he was just kind of again fan liaison that kind of yeah. stuff. So that's the thing that worries me most. Again, I I can see your point. I hated this story in nineteen or you know two thousand four. So you should fire Didio, but who are they going to replace him with? If there's some pencil pusher from AT and T. I said Dan was a comic fan. He understood. He, he may have made this decision, but he understood the reasons behind it and why fans may or may not have liked it. If they just put in a money man who thinks, "Oh, we can cut budgets here and change things here," and oh, why? Yeah, that book's only selling X amount. Just cancel it. Like not understanding the fan passion behind things. Like it could be much, much worse. I heard they were getting some guy named Chappie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, that's a different place. That's a different company. <laughs> Is that under comic news? No. Uh, no. We can talk about it now. No, if you let's want wait. To... No, let's uh, wait. That's, that's a similar fine. story. It's very similar. It's very I don't care. That's fine. Go ahead. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. As it all started by a mouse. This is where the early planning is taking place for our so-called uh, Disney World project. Mary Poppins practically perfect in every way. As you can see on this map, we have a perfect location in Florida. Paul, I'm Michael Eisner. We call it Epcot. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all! All right, enough of that, enough of that. We're not playing that whole thing. I didn't know it was going to turn into a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, so if you uh, were under a rock and uh, didn't hear this week, suddenly, effective immediately, Bob Iger has stepped down. CEO from the Disney Company and Bob Chapek oh, sorry, I has <laughs> ascended to that position. Iger's going to remain as chairman for the next couple of years. Um, I feel like that doesn't sound like been, effective immediately. You've been bringing this up like since we've started this podcast that Bob Iger's probably about to retire. Yeah, like I remember we have a clip from it's yeah. like hey, it's 2013 about time for Bob Iger. <laughs> yeah, his his contract was supposed to be done uh, in 20, I think 2019 originally when it when it was announced that he would have you know would be leaving eventually, and then they extended it because they couldn't find anybody to fill his shoes reportedly. Until twenty twenty one, you and think that was hard. Whether they try to fill Goofy's shoes, right? And um, yeah, so so you're excited. I I am not excited. <laughs> okay, then what? Why? So Bob Bob Chapek has been um, and most of he he's worked for the company for like twenty seven years. Okay? okay, he he has been around, but he's a merchandising guy. Merchandise. Yes. He is has a reputation for being, you know one of them guys like you were talking about coming in from like ATT pencil pusher. Yeah, I mean he 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 cuts corners and raises prices. That is pretty much everybody's Mm. fear about him, which are not good things when it comes to the Disney company, especially when it comes to parks. He's not a parks guy. Um but he was promoted I think in 2011, maybe, um, to like president of Walt Disney World for a while. And he went, I, then I think he went over to Disneyland for a little bit. Um, and then he was promoted again just recently to some weird oddball position nobody had ever heard of that I'm pretty sure they made up because in the, the fan community, a lot of people speculated he was on his way out. Like, oh, we're just going to push him to the side, give him this BS position, and get him out of here. Because they tend to do that. And now he is the CEO of the company. 
So, what does all that mean? I'm, I'm, we're not exactly sure. We don't know why Iger is going away just out of the blue. I mean, it was just not a... It was only took seven years. But yeah, but I mean, <laughs> it was nobody expected a press release saying immediately he's done. And, oh, by the way, this weekend down at, uh, in front of Cinderella's Castle, we're going to have a changing of the guard ceremony, which has never been done before. That's freaking weird. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys, let's go on... Va- oh, we, here we are on vacation with our kids. Oh, let's stop at the castle. we got to watch Bob Iger and Bob Chapek out there shaking hands, get passing your, the torch. Get your picture with Bob Chapek, honey. <laughs> it's so weird. Oh, it's Dean Norris from Breaking Bad. <laughs> It's so, so weird. So, uh, yeah, we don't know what's... A lot of people immediately were like, oh, Iger's going to run for president. Because people... That's pretty last second. Oprah asked him... Oprah asked him to run for president years ago. And there was a lot of speculation coming into, I think, 2019 that that was a possibility. And he admitted he had considered running for president. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think it's it's way too late in the game now, but unless you're, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't sponsor like Mike Bloomberg yeah. of this podcast. Um, yeah, good luck, Iger. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we don't know. We got our money. Yeah, we don't know if, the, if somebody found some dirt on him and and forced him out. Yeah, that was what I was just going to ask. Yeah. Did they do something? And now they're like, hey, we got to get you out. Yeah, we, we just have no idea. We but, have to have footage of us changing the guard. <laughs> Don't get too close but to like Cinderella. Even, it's so weird because everybody thought, um, here recently, everybody thought it was going to be this other guy. I had it here, but uh, anyways, <laughs> I'm moving on. <laughs> anyways, we thought it was going to be this guy because he's has more of a creative, more of a Parks um, background, and he's the guy that has been what running. Is, what is Bob Iger's job like what was he more is it more the entertainment side or is it more the parks well side? Iger himself was quoted um as saying this last week it's so he was going to become the chairman for a couple years so he could focus more on the creative aspect of the company I don't consider him Iger to be a big creative force like he's the guy that bought other companies that was that's what he's known for the acquisitions, Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel, all of that. That's all him. And so I don't really understand how he's going to be this big creative force. But, and, and this guy being, you know, to handle the, uh, Bob Chapek to handle all the business side of things, which, okay. But in two years, Iger's going to be gone from this position. And you, know, you tell me this guy's going to run the creative part too. So... I don't know. We all we know about Chapek, um, he he does like to. He's a big pusher of the IPs that they own. So in the when it comes to like the parks for me, um, and we see, uh, you know, very traditional things in Walt Disney World like Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, all Small World. All of those rides were original Disney creations. They didn't have. TV shows or movies or anything yeah. like that. Okay, there's many fewer of those nowadays. There, there are, and everything new that's coming in is all you know, Cars and Pixar movies and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, whatever Marvel stuff, Star Wars. You know, we have Galaxy's Edge, and Chapek's been a guy that has pushed that as a business decision. Like, hey, we can make more money if we use these names than rather inventing new storylines and stuff. We'll just use what we have. So look forward to more of that. Well, I saw the said the stock took a little bit of a hit. Yeah, and people were like, as soon as it started going down, people were like, "Oh, is Iger getting out while the you know the getting's good here because the stock price is going down?" Well, maybe. I was was worried because I know my brother Justin owns one share. (laughs) One share. I keep an eye on the Mm -hmm. on the stock market just for that. We don't need him going under. (laughs) (laughs) He goes under. We go under. Yeah, it's really kind of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a, uh, uh, I'm not done co- with comics. Okay, back I, to them. Um, I uh, there was a big announcement for Lock and Key this week or this past week. I uh, not something I would have ever expected. No, but I but I can see it. Cause, you know, I 
I, w- I was pretty excited. It's a crossover cover was released showing a an issue coming out in October of this year of uh, crossover of Lock and Key and the Sandman universe. And you mm. know nobody knows what's going on. Gabriel Rodriguez shared it. A couple other sources shared it, but I I was immediately intrigued because I loved Sandman. I collected that when it was coming out. Did you read Sandman when it was coming yes. out? Yeah. Oh, not as it was coming out. It was. Okay, but I read at it some point, trades, uh, yeah. yeah. I uh, I haven't read it since then. I had not read it since I got it, you know, as monthly issues. But I got a couple absolute editions over the last couple of years for Christmas from a good friend of mine, and and uh, so I was like, I saw that. I'm gonna like. I decided to start reading, so I read those. I've got another one on the way. I'm getting caught up, but I was gonna kind of explain the cover now that I'm, I'm it's fresh in my mind there, because on the cover they show uh, this like mystic circle with candles around it and a key floating there. You know, like they all there's all, almost always a key on the cover. If you know, if you know, like key. If you don't know anything about Sandman, it's Neil Gaiman's. Uh, ongoing series ran about 76 issues with some extra things but uh spinoffs but uh it's about the endless he you know he's dream is the main character he's uh of a group of siblings they all start with d uh i don't know if i can name all there's dream death despair uh delight what she was delight and then she became delirium destruction desire Destiny. Destiny. That might be all of them, but it, they, uh, you know, they just kind of cover all their. They're not gods, but they're in charge of their realms or whatever their jobs are. And and uh, so in the in the very first issue of Sandman, you know, it's probably the most well known story is that first issue where he gets where this guy in the early 1900s is. Um, got some book and he's trying to capture death in this like summoning circle and instead he captures her brother dream and keeps him prisoner there for 80 years or so and he uh so that's the circle on the cover is that mystic circle you know i i don't know if it ever returns in the series but they uh that's what it's referring to and then when he just to give more information kind of explain he while he's trapped in that circle all those years, he loses a few of his tools and he has to go find them. John Constantine has his uh, bag of magic dust and, uh, you know, and then Dr. Destiny had his Ruby amulet. They were really trying to tie it into the main DC universe at the time because to try to get in the mainstream was, crowd. It was actually before Vertigo existed, mm. so it wasn't its own separate thing. It was it was still part of the DC universe, right. but the adult uh, uh, were fantastic side. Yeah, so they they were, it was really it, it's funny because as you read on, they really distance themselves from the rest of the <laughs> all that. And then he needed to get his helm, you know, like the mask he would wear sometimes, and he. That a demon in hell had that, so he had to go to hell and have like a battle of wits with this demon to get the helm back. And while he's there, he saw there's this woman he recognizes that is down there being tortured in hell, as you do. <laughs> and it, it's kind of noted for a second that he knows her, but then goes on. Well, fast forward to maybe the third or fourth arc of the series, Seasons of Mist. Fourth, okay. He is, uh, I think he. There's a issue where all the siblings get together, and they're not sure why. Destiny just knows they're supposed to get together because something's destined to happen. And what what it was was they were basically calling out Dream on his. <laughs> they're like he. They're like you need to get woke. Uh, they're like this girl that. Which there was a an issue in between there that explained the story, but they're calling him out on what he did. He, you know, him and this girl fell in love, and she, um, 
he basically said, you know, we should be together. You could be my queen. And she said, ah, it's kind of weird to be the queen of dreams or whatever. No, thanks. And so he banished her to hell. And she's been there for 10,000 years, which is a long time. That's a lot. I I think she might have wanted to just be the queen of dreams. But anyway, so he's like, okay, was that wrong? He does the George Costanza. (laughs) He's like, if you, nobody said that that was something that was frowned upon around here. Yeah. So he decides, yeah, I shouldn't do that. I'm going to go get her out of hell. And when he goes down there, Lucifer has already sent everybody out of hell and he's locking up shop. So that's what the key is. The key, he has the key to hell and he gives it to Dream and says, here, you own hell now. And there's nobody in it. Which for a lot of people, that's kind of the high point of the series. Right. That is what kickstarted the Lucifer storyline where he leaves and became you know, the popular show. Right. So this was kind of the one of the main cruxes of this whole series. So that's all I really have to go on from the uh, cover. We've seen the Mystic Circle and the Key to Hell. And the title is called Hell and Gone. So I would say if I had any inkling what would happen, I mean, it's... Neil Gaiman took basically picked this as a subject because you know originally because he he wanted to do just something he could tell any story. He uh, I think he wanted a wandering was there a wandering stranger or something like that Phantom series stranger. Phantom Stranger. That's, no somebody else was doing it at the time. He he couldn't have that. He finally was just like I, I want to do something. Well, creating the endless basically gave him. The ability to tell any story throughout time, which he did. Many of the single issues are great in that respect. He can just go back and tell something from any time, how he affected it. And also, Lock and Key has done that since the original series. And throughout, they would have one-shot issues. Grindhouse, Dog Days, Guide, Guide to the Known Keys, you know, and on. There's five or six issues that are just one story of, like, the Lock family in the past, different years would have happened in that house or with different people so very similar to that so i i that fits really well together in that way so i would assume it's some sort of lock family that has something to do with when that happened in the sandman series something to do with with that key with this or with the summoning circle in the first issue something like that they'll tie it in some way like that so i'm psyched (laughs) i love both those series they're Mm -hmm. two of my favorites so i can't wait to See what they do, and it's coming out this year around Halloween. Yep, October is when it's scheduled. That sounds great. I finished all Lock and Key, read all six volumes. Oh, really? Okay. Was it were you confused by watching the show at the same time? No, I said I I started I was I finished the first three volumes, then watched the show, and then read four, five, and six. So thinking back, I've kind of there's things I'm mixing I up. Imagine. Like was that in the show or was right. that did they show that or whatever? But yeah, uh very, very good. I'm, I'm, I would read more for yeah. sure. So we're lucky. I forgot to say last time when we were re- reviewing the show, I enjoyed it. I'm glad. I hope they get more. I expect they will. But my main thing out of the whole thing is because they're making a show and it is kind. You know, it's top ten in every country on Netflix anyway. You know, that seems to have it, and so I'd expect more. But the main thing was if there was a show, they're going to write more comics. So that's what I really want. <laughs> so I'm excited. Anybody else reading good books at the moment? I've got some, but I haven't read them yet. <laughs> yeah, it's you, been a it's been a busy week. So what are you reading, Batman? Or uh, you <laughs> I'm reading Lock and Key. Yeah. Uh, I also was reading the. I picked up uh, right around Christmas the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ultimate Collections. Oh. Which collects all the original Eastman and Laird black and white books. What kind of format is that? Um, it's trade paperback, but it's a little bit bigger than normal. Okay. I think some of those original books were printed a little <coughs> bit larger. So it's nice, clean, black and white. They've released them before as like colorized versions. But it's like, I kind of want to read the originals as they were made. And it has like end notes after each chapter from Eastman and Laird saying, oh, here's, oh, we came up with this character, you know, explaining stuff. So it's. It's been interesting, and I just, I'd never read them. I mm-hmm. loved Turtles as a kid, but I never read the comic. So I'm only a little bit into it, but I'm, yeah, I'm excited to read all of it. <laughs> I remember being, my friends getting the T 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books when they start with then, you know. It's just so funny. I didn't keep any of it. It was so, so stupid. Oh, it's, and it's very, di- you know, those it's early It's totally issues, different. Yeah, it's completely totally yeah. different. The old black, like the original yes, with the black yeah, and white. Yes, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally different. And I've already read Firepower, the book coming out from Robert Kirkman and Chris Samney on Free Comic Book Day. They shipped an early reader copy to retailers of the graphic novel. So the volume they're putting out volume one the week before free comic day and it's an entire graphic novel uh, it's like i think 80 some pages and then on free comic day is issue one of the series mm. so and within a couple days you can read basically like the first five chapters of the story to see if you're into it so cool. kind of a uh, obviously robert kirkman creator of the walking dead it's his new property it's kind of a kung fu story uh young kid Again, you know, climbs the mountain looking for this mystical teacher, and there are these these uh, warrior monks who live there who can, uh, is prophesized one of them would be able to you know create fireballs with their hands, kind of kind of an Iron yeah. Fist story, and in a millennium, no no one has done it. You know, he might be the one to do it, but they're constantly under attack from other people. So this graphic novel is the prelude it's his origin story and then where the story starts is 15 years later he's left he has a wife and a kid and we don't know what happened what caused the split between him and his sect of warriors so you can uh, you can get you know it's you know when you get a new series and he he wrote a paragraph in the back like i know how hard it is to judge a new series on a single issue so we're giving you everything you could possibly want but chris samney I, i've loved his work uh, yeah i, I like when he was drawing cap daredevil captain america yeah. so it's really clean cool art and of course you know kirkman is a selling point for a lot of folks uh we had a bunch of new comics out i'll hit a few of the highlights cool wolverine number one is finally back in his own solo series. How He's, long has it been? It's been a while. Because I can't remember. You kind of take for granted that there would always be one, but there hasn't been for a while. They did that old man Logan stuff. They did the death of Wolverine and killed him off yeah. and kept him dead for quite a while. A while, yeah. But had X-23 take over the mantle, and then we had old man Logan, so we weren't ever really without a Wolverine, but you yeah. know, bringing back Logan, the classic. Well, I saw, as of today, I saw this huge rumor going around that speaking of movies and Wolverine, uh, that Henry Cavill, who played Superman and was in The Witcher, has agreed to play Wolverine in possible now nah, the rumors. Yeah, but I saw it mul- like at, all over multiple platforms today. Hmm. Um, possibly I can't showing even up. Imagine poss- that. I couldn't either. <laughs> possibly uh, could be in. Um, Captain Mar or Captain Marvel too. Now Mike Bloomberg is counting us to have factual information. Well, hey, <laughs> I'm just reporting what I'm reading, and I, I was like, that seems really weird. <laughs> uh, we had deceased colon unkillables. So this was the series from last year. It was kind of a not a zombie story, but kind of a zombie story where yeah. the dark side's famous anti-life equation gets out. And everyone who sees it becomes a murdering monster. And so it was the hero. You know, they killed off 90% of the DC Universe and just one of those crazy Elseworlds stories. And it was really good. Uh, Tom Taylor, and uh, the artist for this one is Carl Mostert. So this was the follow-up to that from the villain's perspective. So the first one was about the heroes, and this one's about the villains. Can I ask who was doing Wolverine? Oh, uh, Ben Percy is the writer and Adam Kubert doing the art. Oh, who's Ben Percy? I don't know. Okay. He's a younger, newer writer. Okay. Uh, Black Label from DC had Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Uh, obviously to capitalize on the new movie, but yep. in the in the mature reader's Black Label format, kind of the oversized book. But it had Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti come back to the character they haven't been on her for maybe a year or so. Mm-hmm. They left that series. But it's Amanda Connor doing the art, which she hadn't done in a long time. So that's the big selling point. Her art is gorgeous, kind of cartoony, very colorful and over-the-top art. So. Wasn't there just a uh, Harley and Poison Ivy, like, six-issue yeah, six miniseries? Yeah, miniseries of those two. Like, it was pretty popular, though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Did you read through it? Uh, I didn't finish it, but I, I read okay. a little bit of it. 
Yeah, I picked up that last issue just as a, I wanted to see what happened, yeah. and I kind of got spoiled a little bit. And <laughs> That's what happens when you read the last issue yeah, before you yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Har- I got spoiled. <laughs> you should write in. Yeah. <laughs> Harley, again, having I w- a moment. I wouldn't, ad- yeah, I wouldn't advise, though, starting with the issue six. Start with, start with number one. Spoiler alert. It should have had a spoiler alert. Though. It should have. I know. <laughs> Uh, Thor number one out from Donnie Cates and Nick Klein. They are taking over for Jason Aaron, who had been on Thor for like 10 years, I yeah, think. Like as long a, as Dan Diddy had been. Very, <laughs> very long run on Thor. Very epic, very mythical. So they're taking it and they're turning it a little more cosmic. Uh, there's this foretold the Black Winter is coming. So Thor has to go out across the cosmos to stop it. Uh, hangs out with Galactus and gets imbued with the power cosmic and deals mm-hmm. with some of the cosmic threats out there in Marvel. It's been pretty fun so far. Uh, they've also had the, there's been a weird stretch of just one-shots coming out like crazy from Marvel, especially. They did 2099. They did a whole bunch of one-shots from there. They did The End, which was probably back in the uh, Marvel Knights days. The End, I, ha- I had the first few issues. I think I gave them to you to... <laughs> Uh, or some, I gave him away at one point. Is Jim Starlin or something? Or? Uh, yeah, he. I think he did the main series, and then it was just the kind of story. What's the last story of yeah. Spider-Man or the Hulk or whatever? It's kind of future set stories saying how would they wrap up, and they did a whole bunch of new ones. DC did their Tales from the Dark, dark Multiverse, mm-hmm. taking over the the Dark Knight's metal thing and doing a bunch of Elseworlds like. Death of Superman, Black as Night. Like, what happened? What would happen if those stories took place in the dark multiverse? Yeah, I picked up the Blackest Night because I, I, like, I loved Blackest Night when it came out. That we were talking earlier about some of the good things, you know, in the last ten years or whatever. That was definitely one for me. It's a fun, fun Elseworldsy type stories. My favorite book lately has been John Constantine Hellblazer. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, we don't have a Vertigo label anymore. It's it's Black Label now. But it's Cy Spurrier and Aaron Campbell. They moved him back to London. It's a mature reader's book again. Though I didn't need it to be explained because Constantine has been in the regular DC universe. And they had him like, wow, the last few years are a blur. Like, <laughs> they tried to explain. What, like, I don't need the continuity behind it. But yeah. it's it's been really excellent. You it's, don't, but somebody well, does. Maybe. But uh, it's, it's Constantine more as the con man and the trickster and not just the... I'm a magic guy who yeah. does a bunch of magic. So it's it's grittier and it's it's been really excellent. And Doomsday Clock wrapped up after two plus years. <laughs> what happened? Um, so <laughs> <laughs> this was the quote unquote sequel to Watchmen, Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. They had put forth this was the, the showdown between Superman and Dr. Manhattan. Okay. So it took a long time to get there, but the end was surprisingly effective. Uh, I don't know that it needed all the weird little subplots that didn't quite go anywhere, but for as dark as it is and mature as it was, it ended on kind of a hopeful note of why we need heroes and what you know what Superman means to the world and what what his optimism is good for, rather than Watchmen's pessimism and nihilism and stuff. So. I thought it was I thought it was strong. Again, I don't know if I needed it. <laughs> I don't need more Watchmen, but I'm glad it was at least quality. Hmm. And the other biggest story in comics right now is Punchline. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants a Punchline? Oh. New character. I don't know if she's Joker's sidekick, his lady friend, mm. his special lady. <laughs> She's not my special lady. She's my lady friend. Odin doesn't like a lady punchline. So I don't know who she is, but she dresses like a clown, and she's murderous, and Joker seems and to And that's like all her. you need to know. So her first appearance was in Batman 89, last page, half a panel. You just saw her face, the bottom half of her face on a telephone. And first appearance! people lost their minds. <laughs> One week later, Year of the Villain, colon, Hellarism number three... Her first full appearance, which I, I, there's, you cannot convince me that was like planned. 
She's yeah. barely in it. She mm-hmm. only has... I don't even know she has a line of dialogue. She's never explained who she is. Like, I feel like that book was meant to come out after she was actually introduced somewhere else. Yeah. But this book just happened to come out. So people freaked out for that one, too. Especially because it has a much lower print run than Batman would. Because many fewer people were reading it. Right. But that has been the eBay speculator crowd these last couple weeks going crazy for punchline and then i saw today wait a minute harley quinn the birds of prey joker talks to someone i saw that too and there's a shadow that might be your first appearance i don't know quick get that book (laughs) so yeah Yeah. she's had two and a half first appearances and they're all worth a lot of money and always will be <laughs> so always will be. So get out That's there. the punchline, folks. <laughs> it all comes around for us here. Invest wisely. Yes. You mm. need to explain to them that you don't mean really invest in them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, whatever. If you like, you know, people are out there trying to get, you know, they, they buy hot comics. Yeah. And, they buy first appearances, and like which people, which I like to do that for something back old classic characters or something you know that mm-hmm. you know that have stood the test of time. I even did that as a kid. I had a whole like X Men. I loved X Men. That was my jam, yeah. and I wanted to get everyone's first appearance that I could. Yeah. So I went you know, as a kid, bought Jubilee's first appearance and Gambit's first appearance, like that's because you know as a kid you think everything's going to be valuable. So I, I can't <laughs> say I don't understand it. Right. But those were already established characters people liked with a track record. Nowadays, because that is so what's driving the comic industry is first appearances. And especially when someone's cast in a movie or a TV show. Like, you know, oh, Black Widow's coming out. The first appearance of the Red Guardian. The first appearance of Taskmaster. The first Mm. appearance of Yelena's version of Black... Like, those are the hottest books right now. And it's like, so now people are trying to get ahead of that. Well, if I get the first appearance now before they're famous, then boy, I can cash in. So it's a little iffy to like, no one knows who this character is. It's not worth $50. Mm-hmm. That is, that's a total fiction and inflation. Now she might come out and be a huge character. Who knows? But it's hard to kind of put a dollar sign on a yeah. book that is one panel long. All right. So did you have people beating up busting through the doors to, uh, this week to, to get all those few, all three there are a few i've 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 put a few policies in place in recent years oh, yes i, I like kinda, this policy listen to it kinda, you'll learn as a customer yes. of asylum comics the kind of service you get well there's the thing is i don't stay up on this stuff right every tuesday there's youtube channels and blogs and facebook groups of what are going to be the hot comics? Get out there and get these tomorrow. You got to get these. This one's a first appearance. This one's a low print run. This one's a variant cover. And people are using this as gospel. But I got to remind you, like, those things are, you know, they need clicks. And they need something needs to be hot every week to get you to listen to it. So right. there's not a hot book every week that's going to be valuable. So, But there's a video. Right. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt. Take advice from YouTubers. And Jordan is not watching those videos. Yeah, I am not watching them. So you should start watching them, and you should start promoting and getting more people in the store. But that's the problem: is those are last minute. If you told me three weeks ago yeah. you wanted multiple copies of this book because you think you'll like it, boom, I can get you as many as you want. But the day before, I'm already locked in. The books yeah. are shipped. There's nothing I can do. Right. And a lot of places you can't get any more. You know, mm. Marvel stuff sold out immediately dc's a little better but not in this case but yeah it's tough to there's a few customers i see them coming and i panic like oh no what was big this week do i have enough of them (laughs) you know so yeah it's it's a little hard to fight the because again if and if books were selling better if i was selling 50 copies of batman a month and Mm -hmm. 100 copies of x-men buy multiples that's great but you know sales are a little skimmer nowadays than they were in the 90s so I'm not buying a ton of extra for the shelf. And a lot of those I know, okay, I'm getting you know four for the shelf. And I know three of the guys who are going to buy them. Yeah. Like I plan pretty closely because I know my customer. Right. Now so, they, they don't have that. This is what, when you told me this, I like that, that, that you have people that have that comic pulled, but you know, some people don't, they just buy it off the shelf and you know, you've kept track of that too. You know, that's why you stock it. But 
you this there's suddenly there's going to be this run and so you take it those off the shelf for those customers yeah so and i love that you're yeah. the villain i didn't even have any on the shelf because i knew i was selling out every issue that came out and yeah. i knew who bought it right so i yeah. thought so well, if they come in on thursday i'm not gonna have this book left so i right. i basically you know they don't have a pull list but i pulled it yeah for right me. Now, I would explain that to them <laughs> and say, maybe you ought to start a pull list. Oh, believe me. Every customer comes in like, now, I saved you one of these. You know what it's going for on eBay? Like, trying to get the credit right. for it. But. Yeah. Okay. Well, story sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I like to go down there and, and touch random issues that are over a year old and see if I can... Yeah, get some mojo See, going on there. Yeah. Somebody will I've come heard in that, that works. Yeah, it, Cliff, it has worked. Cliff has the magic. He yeah. shamed me. He's like, "This is still on the shelf. You I'm got like, the touch." <laughs> and you're days later, somebody buys it. You got the power. So if you need a copy of Micronauts from 2017, <laughs> it has been moved. <laughs> there uh, might so, be a few left. There might not be. A lady came in. <laughs> Around Christmas, and one of the Donald Ducks. And she tries to buy a Donald Duck every Christmas. It's like, okay. do you have any Donald Ducks? I said, weird. I said, I haven't had it. I said, I haven't bought any new ones in a while. Mm-hmm. So I took her over to the rack and showed her. And her daughter had already flipped it over. She's like, yeah, it's from 2014. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I haven't restocked in a while. It might be a little faded. On I the mean, front. how how new does Donald Duck yeah. have to be? <laughs> well, geez, I've already cleaned you out of all the other Donald Ducks. Oh, that's funny. Oh, my gosh. We talked a lot of comics. We did. That I I had a feeling. I have a, I have a stack in there I haven't read yet of stuff. Uh, we love comics, everybody. We so hope, much, that's all we're talking about. We yeah. hope you do, too. Well, see, that makes it easier for people to skip if they don't like comics. I don't like that one. We don't have to tell them there's nothing else. No. They don't find out till right now. Yeah, they don't yeah. read. I'm sure they don't read that stuff I... No, nobody, nobody's yeah. reading show notes. Guys, it, <laughs> You're wasting your time. Guys, you just got Every to the end week, I, I, I spell check. <laughs> <laughs> I do it for you, and you're not even reading it. All right, well, that was fun. Comic books, fun. yay. Go buy comics, but not multiple copies. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Jordan Love. I'm Cliff Barnes. There's a lot of rules. I'm Seth. Bye forever. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udamwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show, kapow, the pop cultured podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, please sign up to be a patron through the Podbean app or our website, www.udownwithkpp.com, to receive special content and early access to some episodes. We are grateful to anyone that chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will always remain free, so please continue to like, comment, and share. <laughs>